All right. So before we start, pop quiz. What is this podcast going to be about today? <laughs> the Cohen Brothers. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, d- I remember this time. Okay, cool. <laughs> I decided I'm going to air those episodes uh, in order for for the lulls. Cause, yeah, uh, no, that's perfect. It's yeah. hilariously amusing to me. Should have been the uh, it should have been the April Fool's episode, but uh, we're not that smart. So, so, uh, so what are you uh, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, I've uh, I think I talked about Subnautica last time. You did. Yes, I've I've uh, I've stopped playing that prematurely. <laughs> I guess what happened I got I got to the point where I uh I unlocked like the 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 big sub Mm -hmm. and I realized it made me more vulnerable (laughs) than I was before and it was like oh my god this fucking game and it's just like the other the only game that's like felt kind of like Subnautica is Bioshock to me Mm. where it's like it's kind of like a horror survival game but also something else at the same time and it's like it's hard for me to play those games for more than like an hour at a time yeah I, well, I was i was actually gonna ask, did, did you beat bioshock i did actually yeah see i couldn't i just couldn't keep going with it like which is a shame because i i think i would really like it but it's just one of those i, I it, it the problem the middle drags that's that's what happened is like the middle started dragging and i was already so spooked that i couldn't play the game for like more mm-hmm. than like you said like maybe not even an hour <laughs> yeah oh yeah for sure so it's like it's like i just couldn't make any progress and it's like it was like find 10 things and i was just like no i don't think i will <laughs> especially yeah. since some of those things were in the areas that i know are the extra spoopy areas and i was just like <laughs> well i guess i'm not going to go there and do that so i guess i'm just not going to finish this game <laughs> Yeah, I, I think at some point I was spoiled on the fact that you become a big daddy at the end. Mm. And so that, like, drove me to continue playing. Because I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll go until I'm a fucking big daddy and then nothing will be able to touch me. See, yeah. And, like, because I was able to beat Bioshock Infinite. Because Bioshock is just, like, because Infinite was, like, just, I mean, it's still still scary at times, but it's not. It's more hard than scary. Yeah, and it's like I mean you have a companion pretty much the entire time and like, yep. you know, the the environments are not quite as like horrifying and like flickery lights, jump scared death. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. not at all. Yeah. So, you know, it was and I and I enjoyed BioShock. I know people shit on BioShock Infinite like left and right, but I actually enjoyed it probably because It was I- a good half of a game. <laughs> It was just too bad that they like decided to copy and paste the second half for some reason. Yeah. Okay. You mean like the second, like from the first half? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I probably enjoyed it a lot more on the basis of I never played Bioshock as well. So like you know there was no there was no feeling of oh, okay you know like I've done this like I've I've played this a better <laughs> version of this game because I hadn't because I was too scared. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if necessarily I would even levy that complaint at infinite like it doesn't feel like bioshock and that's fair enough and i don't know because i didn't get very far in bioshock so i don't even know all i remember about bioshock is is you start out as a dude and you progressively get powers and stuff (laughs) so and i got i mean i really did not get far into that that game core that core aspect is still there yeah yeah because i mean i don't think i played more than maybe like two hours of bioshock Oh, that early? Yeah, no, wow. I I quit real fast. Like, I just, yeah. like... Well, you... Yeah. Mm. I got nowhere in that game, <laughs> so... Yeah. Maybe don't play Subnautica, then. 
Yeah, I don't think I can handle it. I, I mean, honestly, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, I might, I might try it in VR just to like swim around the shallow areas and be like, "Ooh, this is pretty." But I would not try to play the game. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the sub might be fun to drive around. I mean, I might try it. I will try it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, like, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely like, I'm trying to think of like the, I'm trying to think of the last game that I played that was that was actually scary that I that I forced myself through. Um, because there was something fairly recently. Let me look at my Steam list really quick. Maybe because I did. I, not, I mean, like recently within like maybe like the past six months to a year. Um, what the hell? I mean, that's I, recent. What did I play that was scary that like I just I was like I'm gonna do it anyway. Well, oh, I mean, shit. I mean, Half Life Alex. That was one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That yeah. game is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I swear there was something else though. I don't remember what it was. There was there was definitely something that wasn't that where I was like, this is really scary. But I'm still gonna finish it, um, and I don't see it on my list, so I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was control. Well, control. Actually, you know what? Maybe it was control. Control. No, control definitely is scary. Control was a little scary at times. It wasn't. Yeah, at parts. Yeah, it wasn't like tremendously scary, but like there was definitely parts where I was like, "Ooh, this is spoopy." Um, yeah, I, I, I just... guess Bioshock Two for me. Mm-hmm. I played that recently because I got the pack. Oh, okay. Well, then there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, it's 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 so tough because it's like I there's so many games that like I know like instinctively like are going to be good, but I just can't bring myself to play them, which is unfortunate. Sure, because it's obvious what like emotion they're gonna elicit. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's like is this necessary? Yeah. Do you really have to like s- like jump scare me like at every possible opportunity? Like if there's yeah. if there's too many like like Dead Space, like I feel like I would enjoy Dead Space if not for the fact that Dead Space is a horror game and I'm just like I- I'm not going to be able to play this. <laughs> yeah, I-, I think I think I got like like BioShock, I only got like 2 hours in Dead Space. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough when there's, like, some games where, like, I have trouble watching someone else play them. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's how I know it's like, this is this is probably not for me. <laughs> oh, man. I, um, so I thought I was going to have Kingdom Come Deliverance done before this podcast. Um, and now I feel like I, I mean, well, I obviously didn't finish it because I, I got to what I thought was going to be the last mission or maybe last couple missions. And uh, I guess I'm at the siege right now. I'm trying to not do any spoilers, but the siege of that one castle. Yes, yeah, you're no, you're very close to the end. I'm very close, but like I, I wasn't like I wasn't like one hour away from being done. I think I might be several hours away if I choose to do Uh, all the. Maybe not. Okay, maybe not. You might be two hours away. Okay, at at most, even still, you actually are extremely like the ending kind of. Sneaks up on you. Well, yeah. I mean, considering you said that it was, it's meant to be like like a trilogy or something, and they yeah, obviously it's meant have to be a trilogy. Yeah, I had a feeling it was going to end kind of in the middle of things, which I I do believe is is the second game is being made right now. Like they, I think they made good money on the game, and they still have like a financial backer. Okay, so well, I'll believe I, it when I, I see I, it. Fingers crossed, it still is coming. Fair enough. Um, I will say, uh, your 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 spoiler that uh, you mentioned the last time. Came much the hell later than you think it did. Like <laughs> that spoiler was like towards like the last. Like I, I think I, I saw it like two missions ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> so just FYI. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I, I thought it was like right after because it's the cliff scene, right? No. Oh, okay. There must be a way to to proc it earlier. Maybe, maybe there is. Because uh, there's a there's a scene right after you. 
Yeah, I didn't find it out till I get captured in, like, the third or fourth to last mission. Oh, because, yeah, no, you can find it out after the mines, I think. Oh, well, then there you go. Okay, I didn't I didn't yeah. even know that, but... Uh... I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm just completely wrong in remembering it incorrectly, <laughs> though, still. That's, that is, like, 60% chance possibility, honestly. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I... Uh... I, I will say though, I, I, I found the uh, the whole I, like did you um like the monastery? Did you actually do the monastery quest or did you just cheese it and like go in and kill the guy? So my first playthrough of the game, I put in about sixty hours. Uh-huh. And I played at release and I got to the monastery and my game broke. Ooh. Ooh. So I immediately started a second playthrough and got to the monastery in thirty hours and like followed the quest line exactly. And how many like, hours did, all, did that take? <laughs> a lot. It, I, don't, I think I got out on like the third or fourth day, though, still. Oh, wow. You can do it pretty quick still. Yeah. Because uh, you have time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I, yeah, the monastery is great, but I, I never want to do it again. Yeah, I and I, I feel like I, I was such a high level when I got to it that I kind of trivialized a lot of it because it's like I, lo- I started looking at like the quest, like the quest rewards and I was like, oh, this gives you the key to the... Uh, um, the what's it called? Like the uh, this gives you the key to the the forbidden books, and I'm like, oh yeah. I'm well. Here's the funny thing too is I did the um I did the ghost quest, like mm-hmm. the, the ghost side quest. I already had the key. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, nice. I just had it like in my inventory, so I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need this. <laughs> it's like I could just open it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, That's, this is pretty trivial at this point. And getting lockpicks was super easy. So I was just like, yeah, no, oh. that is super easy. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, so like, I was like, do I really want to find all of the pages to this book? I don't think so. Do I really want to care, like, get like this wine or whatever shipped in? I don't think so. I think that I'm just going to kill kill the guy because I figured out who it is. <laughs> so I did, I think, maybe... A, oh, you just killed him. No, I did a day and a half. I did a day and a half of the monastery. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think I did, a, like, two or three days. Yeah. But yeah, I, ex- I, I did pretty much the same thing. Yeah, like, I, I came in on the first day. I experienced... And then I, I slept. I experienced... Like, and I, I gathered information, like, on the day that I came in. Then I I did one whole day just to, like, get a feel for it. And then that night I killed the guy and left. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah, that that felt that felt right. Like that was enough time. Although I could, I could see if I got there a lot earlier, it being a really interesting and compelling quest. But like by that point, I was already like eighty hours into the game, and I'm like, I'm, I'm getting ready to finish this. You know, I'm I'm starting to exactly. wear towards. But I could, it, it's it's a really interesting idea. Like you know, you strip yourself of all of like your your equipment theoretically. Um, you know, even though I I was able to lockpick. Um, you know, out of the oh, monastery, really? call my horse over, and because I put all my shit on oh, my horse. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, I'll just, you know, do that, <laughs> and now I have any shit that I need. I didn't actually wear any of it, but I was like, if it, if shit goes wrong, this door's unlocked, I can just grab my horse. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, the next time I, I, if I ever played through that quest line again, I would just slaughter the entire monastery <laughs> just to save time just like okay i've done this like i'm gonna pop everyone on the head real quick and i'm done oh yeah i mean like if i was gonna do it again i might just lock pick into the monastery go right for the guy kill him and leave because it's like yeah. what are they gonna do <laughs> yeah exactly it's yeah, like i've been full plate armor what you gonna do bro <laughs> punch me no you're not yeah. puh, puh. ow my hand <laughs> yeah Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah so what else has been going on um 
Oh, have you ever watched, have you ever watched uh, a certain scientific railgun? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we finished that. Um, we actually have, we're going back now and watching a certain magical index. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. You watched that order. Interesting. Well, here's the thing, right? So th- I mean, there's not really an order. There, yeah. Well, I, it would be a much different, I feel like. I would like Magical Index less having not seen Railgun first because the big complaint that I heard about Index is that it's rushed. Oh, yeah. And I feel like some of the places, at least, like, I'm, I'm pretty early. Like, I am in the, like, the second season, like, the second season arc of um, of of Railgun. Like, I'm in that fr- part of the first season of Index right now. And they don't explain shit about that. Like, with the sisters, like, they don't explain anything about what's going on in Index. Like, and so, <laughs> like, you got, you got like, basically a whole season in Railgun on explaining what's going on and all that. And so, like, watching it in Index, I'm just like, I would have been so fucking lost at this point. <laughs> I would have been like, what is happening here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like they, they do that on purpose. They, they want you to feel lost. Yeah. I, I maybe, maybe that was... So maybe I maybe there was something lost there. I'm too generous though. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so I, yeah, because I I don't know how the how the mangas are like in terms of pacing, but yeah, neither do I. Yeah, but I I mean I I could definitely feel like already like I think we, I think because we're what like fifteen or seventeen episodes into the first season of Index, and I'm like, yeah, this feels rushed. Like, and it also feels like of a slightly lower quality than than Railgun was. Yeah, no, no, no. Railgun gets the benefit of Index already being popular. Yeah, when it was made, I yeah, because Railgun was fucking great, man. That was a that was a really good anime, like all things considered. Yeah, I mean, she's she's the I think she's the more interesting character. Yeah, uh, Tope. Tokusa? No, wait, no, that's the teleporter, right? Mikasa. <laughs> Mikasa, Mikasa Makoto. Mikasa Makoto. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was an alliteration of some kind. You know, man, like, I'm actually right there with you. Like, a lot of times I will watch an entire anime, and then if somebody's like, what was the main character's name? I was like, the blue-haired one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know, I don't know why, like, I mean, names go over my head in the best of times, and, like, when I'm just, like, watching an anime, like... I'm just like it's it's just words. It's just words. Yeah. I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Especially when I'm like especially, like that happens in my personal life, but also books. Just like <laughs> reading a book, it'll be like, Am I supposed to know who this character is? Oh like, god, that's the worst. <laughs> it's just like this this name looks like twelve other names and I don't really I didn't bother to memorize it. Like, who is this? Oh yeah. I mean well Game of Thrones was like I mean I never read Game of Thrones, but I watched it and that was the worst for that because they like had so many close character names and it was just like and then like, you know, I, I think I was I was I was catching up for the first four seasons and then I was real time from that point on. And mm-hmm. like once it got to real time, it was hopeless. I was just like Wait a second. This character was from three years ago. Like, you gotta set that up, man. You gotta like. You gotta be like, oh, you gotta, you gotta give me an anime style. Oh, hello, blah blah blah. Who I know from blah 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 and is blah blah blah. Like, it's like, thank you. That's what I need. I need you to tell me exactly who you are. It's really ham-handed exposition because I don't fucking know. <laughs> no recollection there. <laughs> yeah, I had the benefit of I had the benefit of reading the books. I. I, I I had that experience reading the books, and then by the time the TV show came out, it was like the second time around. Yes, it was just like okay, yeah, that guy. Oh, that's who that guy. <laughs> it, it helps to put a name to a face. Yeah, yeah, like an actual face. Okay, but 
corollary to that though is so I'm watching Index right and like at one point like one of the other characters shows up but they're dressed differently than they were dressed in the other scenes and like so he says his name he's like oh Sukumuchi or whatever the hell his name is and I'm just like whatever and it's like it's like okay clearly this character knows who this is but I don't because he's dressed differently and now it's hopeless (laughs) It's like you can't do that, man. There's not enough like <laughs> there's not enough like visual information in the way a lot of anime characters are drawn. You can't just change the outfit on me. You gotta you gotta set me up with more than that. <laughs> have you seen uh, JoJo's? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was about to say you would like JoJo's then because they they all have very distinctive standardized outfits. Yeah, we we had a, we had an entire podcast that was ostensibly supposed to be talking about JoJo, and oh, then we right. yeah, God, wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, you've done so many of these now. We have actually. Is, I've forgotten some of them. I mean, this is currently this is currently the seventeenth episode that we are recording right now at this very moment. Like that's yeah, crazy. That is actually kind of. Cr- I mean, like considering they were each about like you know about two hours, like and. And and we talk for more than two hours. Like you guys get two hours, but like there's definitely some filler in there yeah. that is that, that is worthless. But uh, you know, <laughs> I cut out a lot of the silence and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, you got to get the momentum of the conversation going. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, like, yeah. So we 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 didn't really ever talk. We didn't in that podcast. We did not actually talk that much about JoJo. But yeah, I mean, fucking like the 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 thing that I love about JoJo the most is because of how ridiculous the main characters are all drawn. It's just like, it, yeah, it's that whole art. The, the whole who's the stand user in this crowd? I know. It's like the entire Egypt arc. It's like, wait, we have to find the stand user. It's like, okay, well, there's like here. twenty five yeah. people that are like, you know. In suits? Yeah, four feet tall and, then, and drawn in suits. And then there's one guy that's, like, nine and a half feet tall and is, like, covered in, like, leather and chains and spikes. Yeah. It could be anyone. Who knows? Who could it be? Who could it be? <laughs> Fucking hell. I think, I, think I, I heard a rumor that uh, the next season is coming soon. Yes. Uh, what is it? Um, it's Stone Ocean. Yeah, it's what's well, the one where it's it's the, the, the girl JoJo, Prison. right? Yeah, I'm excited because I I don't the manga does not like I, I like the variety of locations mm-hmm. and tr- reading the manga like I have trouble getting into it for some reason for Stone Ocean, but like the anime is gonna really clarify the visuals and, and I'm excited to see it like in its full glory. Well, that's the thing is like I feel like there are some anime that don't really benefit that much from being anime. Um, and then I feel oh, like yeah. there's things like JoJo where it's almost like you're doing a disservice if you're not watching the anime. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, um, JoJo author, insert name here. Goddamn. Fuck. What's his name? <laughs> anyway, uh, like he's an amazing artist and everything, but like, yeah, it, it cries for animation because of how complex everything that's happening is. Oh yeah. And I mean, the thing is like, you know. Because, I mean, no shade on the manga artists because, like, they, they're yes. the ones that inform, like, the style of the anime, you know, and what it's going to look like. But, like, the fact that, like, having JoJo be animated is... Iraqi, by the way. Rocky? Is, is Iraqi. Iraqi, yeah, Iraqi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like... I don't want to butcher his first name. Uh, Hirohiko Iraqi. Hang That's on. probably not pronounced correctly, though. Or, fuck. His first name is his... Oh, God damn it! whatever. <laughs> Iraqi is his first name, right. I always forget. I've been I, I've been out of the uh, the anime loop too long. I've forgotten the rules. <laughs> yeah, man. It's you know every uh, consonant goes with a vowel. You know, so it's all yeah. It's all little individual chunks. <laughs> but uh, what else? Oh, by the way, you know everybody out there. So 
The question asked by no one, but uh, if you want to help support the podcast, because, uh, you know, obviously we uh, we just do this, but uh, the only thing that we we ask is if you like the podcast out there, everybody, tell some people, you know, let some people know, because uh, we'd love to have some more people listen in on this, you know, it's uh, it's fun for us. It's fun for us to hear uh what you guys what you guys think of our our bullshit ramblings so if you uh yeah yeah i do yeah yeah the the reaction to the the witcher podcast is was is still like a highlight oh my god that was sure. hilarious like that was yeah, that, that was, was some great. of my favorite shit that's uh that's happened yeah. is the absolute just like fucking like angry comments that yeah. we got. Yeah. I very much enjoyed that. So yeah, that. definitely do that, man. Like you know, if, if you if you like this podcast, just tell tell a couple people about it. See if you can get some other people to listen, and uh, you know maybe they will too. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so that's all I got to say about that. But yeah, what else? What else is going on? Um, I think I uh, I watched. Have I talked about the great already? The what? The great. The great. No, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's uh, like a comedy. Uh, historical comedy show okay. about Catherine the Great on Hulu. Oh, yeah, you talked about this last time. You talked about this last yeah, time. Yeah, okay, yeah. But I also say that I watched the HBO Catherine the Great show after that. Uh, I think you said you were going to. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, okay, well, I did. And? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it's just more, I, I, you know, if you're at all interested in history stuff, you know, I would check both of those. I would check, especially the HBO one out. I thought it was very interesting. You think the great is great? Yeah, and Catherine the Great is great. I mean, she was a you know a horrible despot, but also great. <laughs> Fantastic. Better than the previous despot, who was you know, the string of despots that continued after her. <laughs> who was the previous one? Yeah, I don't. I don't mean it in like. A, I mean, literally, she was a despot, right? Like, who was? Who was? Who was the last literally. one? Um, whatever the Romanovs. The, oh, okay. The ones who got like killed in the revolution. I don't. I don't know enough about. Uh, I don't know. I, I. I don't know things about history, Stephen. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty like you learned that. You just forgot, Stephen. You sure? I learned, learned lots of things that I forgot. <laughs> but not knowing about the Romanovs is like not knowing about like the Beatles. Like, yeah, no, no. I, I. I do know about the. I didn't know where they fit in the timeline. Oh, I see. Okay, well, sure. Yeah. But the, yes, they were the. They were the last czars of Russia. Got it. Anything else to talk about before we before we get into it? Dive in. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I mean, you know, I've been playing like Path Exile again and Civilization a little bit. Dude, we need to six. we need to play Diablo three. I know we talked about that, but we need to actually. No, we need to play Diablo two. Well, we need to when, do that too. But I, I yeah, yeah, I feel like I want you to experience Diablo three in all of its glory at least one time. Yeah, I mean, I ha- I have it. We could do that. Yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, I just need to point. finish. Uh, what whatever the fuck you need to finish Kingdom Come, which should be soon. But then maybe I'll maybe I'll see where the season's at and boot up Diablo three and just blast through and get. A I kick. mean, who cares about the season in Diablo three? I don't really care, genuinely. Yeah, I don't care either. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing I'm playing Path Exile again, like a month and a, a month and a bit into the league, which I never do. Yeah. I think I'm yeah I'm good. All right. Yeah. So Cohen Brothers. Yes. We've we finally got to it. The topic from okay, so let me let me okay, so in the intervening time um, that we where we had some extra time, and so I was able to watch another movie. I did also watch True Grit in addition to Barton Fink and Raising Arizona. So now I have watched a number of things. Oh great! I I ended up watching uh, Blood Simple. Oh, that's the one I added. I I decided you know why not go for their first movie, see what they're like. They're like you know debut was essentially interesting okay there's yeah there's there's more on these than i th- okay so yeah because i'm just looking through the list so i've seen raising arizona i've seen barton fink i've seen fargo i've seen the big lebowski i've seen oh brother where art thou 
Uh, I've seen No Country for Old Men. I've seen Burn After Reading. I've seen True Grit. And I think that is everything. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I've seen... The only one I would add to that list for myself is A Serious Man. Um, and I, I think I've seen parts of Hail Caesar and The Ballad of Buster Scrubs as well. Oh, interesting. But not the, not the full movies. Got it. Got it. So, like... What would you say if you were to like? Because here's here's the thing with the Cohen brothers, right? I think, and this is this is my this is my hypothesis that I will I will post your high IQ take. <laughs> well, it's definitely it's definitely an IQ take. We can we could decide later if it was a higher or low <laughs> IQ take, but it's definitely an IQ take. Is I think that their movies have a unifying theme. What would you say to that? Um, yeah, I agree. And what would you Pretty say much. that unifying theme is? Life happens. So I have a bunch of different things written down, but I think that maybe the thing that is the most compelling argument that I can make that I think kind of ties everything together is that, like, the movies seem to have some degree of somebody underestimating somebody. Like, whether it's the audience or it's the characters in the movie or both. I feel like there's always some theme of, like, underestimation. And I'm going to try and justify that. So, like, like the, the easiest example for me that I think about is 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 Fargo, which you, you, did, you did say you watched, right? Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen Fargo. Yeah, yeah, because you watched that for the last podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I, it's been stretched over a few months now, but I have seen... Three Coen Brother movies for these for this podcast. Yeah, because I think that like there is some element of both the um, both like the viewer and then subsequently the um, then subsequently like the characters underestimating um, the main cop, whatever her name is. Uh, yeah, and she's in a lot of. She's the, also the main character of um, Marge. Oh, but what's her actual name? Yeah, Frances McDormand. Yeah, Frances McDormand. She's the she's also the main character of Blood Simple. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, so I think she's a yeah, and she's in Burn After Reading as well. She's like kind of one of oh, of course, one of the main characters yeah, of Burn After Reading. But yeah, like so, like I think that like initially because she, like you know she she see and that's another thing by the way is there's a lot of elements of like kind of like folksy people I guess like. A, being underestimated by the characters, and then to some degree kind of, like, they they weave it such that you as the audience are meant at least initially to underestimate them as well. So what would you what would you say to that? I think it's, it's, it's not really that, like, one group of people is underestimating another group of people or anything like that. I think it's, I think the, the theme is, is maybe more accurate to say that, like, you can't estimate people. Okay, that like maybe that's maybe that's even an, even a better one because like yeah, one of the things I have written down here is just like all of like their their side characters, for instance, like they're all just as like what like essentially as well developed, or at least like they present themselves as being as well developed as all the main characters. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't like there aren't really side characters in their movies, right? Mm-hmm. Other than like the literal like extras in the background but you know it's a movie yeah no that that actually is that that's a that's a good point because like even uh, the one that uh, i'm thinking about right now like because i just watched it but like like true grit like you don't see um and obviously by the way everybody's probably spoilers for all of these movies we talk about so i'll try to say the name of the oh, movie before i yeah. start talking about the movie 
But like, you know, like if I say the name of the movie, we're going to we're going to do spoilers for that. movie. Yeah, no. Yeah. So just just go watch like seven Coen brother films real quick. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's no big deal. Yeah, no biggie. Just just real quick. And then turn the podcast back on. Also, I, I, I just looked this up because I realized there's a word for it. Sonder. The realization that like everyone has a full life. Mm-hmm. That's like that's their movies. Essentially. <sighs> Kind of. Well, I, I think it's more. There's more than that. Well, that's to, like an important element. We'll have to discuss that because I'm. I'm not. I. I because I, I know what you mean. Actually, it's funny. I think you. I can't remember what podcast it was, but you mentioned that exact term. Um, oh, have I really? Okay. For for a different for a different set of movies. Yeah. Oh, probably for a mind game. I imagine. <sighs> it might have been mind game. Actually, that sounds yeah, right. Which I also think is is mind game and the Coen Brothers. I think share actually a lot of like deeply held beliefs because I, I feel like watching all of their movies now or not all of them but a, a good number of them it's just like okay like they very much feel that like life is kind of this like ongoing series of events mm-hmm. that like you know it's 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 not random but it's like semi-random almost yeah because what I what I latched on to right is I latched on to there is and this is one of the other things I wrote down is the is like there's often Often, and this is not not the case for everything, and I'll tell you the one that breaks it for sure for me, but there's often a character in their movies who is, A, kind of like a folksy character, right? You know, somebody that's like a little bit like, you know, like salt of the earth type of a person, you know, um, who has a tremendous amount of confidence in themselves um, despite overwhelming circumstances. So... In this case, I'm thinking about Marge in uh, in Fargo. Um, Marge to a lesser degree because she is actually very competent um, in a way that maybe some of the other characters are not. But like like and but then Frances McDormand's character in Burn After Reading is a very similar character in the sense of like very confident herself, like ve- like very much thinks mm-hmm. that like you know yes. she understands and is in control of a situation she very much is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking of the little girl, uh, Maddie in True Grit. Um and I'm also th- I've not seen True Grit actually. Oh, okay. Well then that's not gonna be a use. But I do know I but I'm like I know who Maddie is. Okay, you're in the context of True Grit. You're familiar so. enough with the story. Um and I'm yeah. also thinking about like like just all of the main characters in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, you know? Like um <laughs> yes. and I'm th- and like, you know, or uh what's his face? Um actually both of the characters both of the main characters in Raising Arizona, you know, both Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter's characters, you know. Yeah, I, I and I think that ties right back into what I was saying about just like, you know, because life is this like chaotic series of events. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have to ride it, mm-hmm. and and you know that. And like, so like that's that's the thing they respect is like someone who can like has, you know, the kind of self gusto to just like keep trudging on. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. Then 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 I think I do see what you're saying here. Is yeah. It's basically yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. That there is there is basically these characters are there. There's a word for it too. It's like indomitable. I guess is the word. Where it's yeah, just, yeah yeah sure that that works. This is like they, you can't possibly break their spirit. You know. But yeah. then there's also characters like Barton Fink in Barton Fink, who um, I see as just absolutely 100% not getting it, you know? like Yeah, well, yeah, that's he's not meant to be a positive character. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and the character that you're really underestimating is, like, John Goodman's character yes. in that, where it's like... Yes. John Goodman in in many other Coen Brothers movies might have been the main character, um, and Barton Fink is just somebody who's dismissive of them. But they kind of turn it around in Barton Fink and have Barton be the main character who just absolutely the entire time does not get John Goodman's character at all. 
Yeah, I, I think I think I don't think the Cohen brothers are are afraid of like looking at all of the facets, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not. They're just like, yeah, some people are like bad. Yeah, and like some people don't get it, mm-hmm. and they're they're fully willing to just like put those people in the spotlight too. Though they're they're not just like okay, we only have folksy hero character oh yeah i don't think they're a one-trick pony for sure yeah yes Yes. i I think i I just like i feel like every time i watch one of their their movies i'm looking for certain elements and i usually find them usually i'll we no country for old men is the one that for me is kind of notwithstanding it's kind of a that one's a tough one to to fit into my into my unified theory of coen brothers because it is a little bit i feel like no Country for an Old Man is a little bit of an outlier compared to everything else I've watched by them. I don't know if you well, agree with that. I mean, first off, No Country for Old Men is a book by Cormac McCarthy. It, so, it is, I mean, but so is True Grit. I mean, not by the same author, but it's also a book. Sure, but like I, I think I think you know probably my my take would be No Country for Old Men probably just spoke to them in terms of like the good and evil dichotomy, and not so much to their like themes of like you know joie de vivre mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah is that even i mean i don't even know if that's an appropriate phrase <laughs> for what I'm talking about. i don't want to keep saying the word sonder i hate the word sonder it's just like it's it's ugly to say <laughs> it, it's definitely a word that doesn't um it doesn't feel like it means the thing that it means yes exactly yeah i know what you mean. it doesn't evoke the emotion of like that realization yes yes um but but yeah i mean yeah mm. now one thing I will mention on Barton Fink real quick. Um, did that movie remind you of of anything else other than the Coen brothers? Yes. Oh, other than the Coen brothers. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, every John Goodman film ever made. Okay. Well, what I, I was going to say, and you tell me if I'm crazy on this one, but while I was watching Barton Fink, I was like, this is really Lynchian. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is very it's a very dreamlike movie. Yeah, I mean, like especially like to, like because you know we've talked about David Lynch before, and the thing that I I've, I've said many times about David Lynch is that he kind of captures this like uncomfortable awkwardness. Um, mm, yeah, and there's also the the often with David Lynch these kind of elements of like just really like weird like nonsensical type of like supernatural stuff you know where just like all of a sudden like all sorts of weird shit starts happening and like yeah like the 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 you know john goodman's character like literally basically being the devil and like burning (laughs) down the uh burning down the hotel you know and like all of like the goo like coming off the walls and stuff like that you know that all felt really extremely lynchian where i was like this is like i was like it's like is this a david lynch movie like this is definitely a coen brothers movie right let me just look this up no it's definitely coen brothers it's not david lynch so i i found that to be a really interesting kind of like for me, it's a departure for them because I don't think that they've done anything that's like that. Ah, so you, but you haven't seen a serious man. I have not, and I would, I would say, in a way, I think Barton Fink might be like one of their more personal movies. Okay. In that, like, I, I think they probably, I don't know if this is accurate, but they see either something of themselves or like their like past in like the character Barton Fink. Okay. Um, because a serious man is a much more like direct audio like you know kind of like it's a very um like almost autobiographical of their like lives kind like but in a very thematic way not in any way like story based mm-hmm. um and that movie has a character that's very much like Barton Fink where he's just kind of like lost the entire time 
and horrible things just keep happening to him Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know how to deal with them and he just keeps making it worse Mm. (laughs) um and it's like i guess i guess because he avoids the problem Mm -hmm. and it's like that's like they they those are their like i want to say they're like bad people movies right it's like you know blood simple and fargo um the big lebowski i guess to a certain extent like uh, oh brother, where art thou? Those are all like kind of like they're they're positive movies mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. Whereas like a serious man and Barton Fink like are not positive. Like they're just it's like it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Everything that happens <laughs> is just horrible the whole time, and it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like sometimes life is horrible, right? Like you know, and I think that's like that's part of their like their the, like their honesty at looking at life almost. W- would you would you say? that the character of Barton Fink is has some similarities to the character that uh what William H Macy plays in in Fargo J- uh, Jerry Lundegaard. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. I, yeah, I'd forgotten about him. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they're similar characters where it's like you have you have somebody who like like you said, like just keeps going in the face of adversity, but not like in a, in like a positive, like I'm just going to trudge through and everything's going to be fine. Just like in a, just like in a waiting deeper into shit and just ignoring yes. it kind of a yeah, sense. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, Oh, this is bad. But if I just keep going, maybe like, maybe the, the, I'll just tuddle straight through the earth back to the other side. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not going to happen. You're just yeah, going to keep going deeper. You're just going to keep going deeper. <laughs> I think that that's I think that that's a similar parallel of just like they have yeah they have the character that overcomes adversity through just positivity and then there's the character that it's not positivity it's just ignoring reality <laughs> they're just they don't accept that they have they have done a bad and doing more bad is not going to pull them back out of it I think a very similar character actually related to Fargo is the uh uh, what's his face? Like uh, Martin Freeman's character in the first season of Fargo? Yeah, I mean, he's essentially, he is just the Fargo character. Yeah, he is just Jerry Lundegaard again. You yeah, know? He is, yeah, he's Jerry Lundegaard. I mean, the Fargo TV show is, is just derivative. I mean, it's great. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's thematically derivative, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, characters like in like the big Lebowski, like, I mean, you know, fucking, uh, which by the way, I will just say, like, Jeff Bridges, man. Holy shit. What a good actor. <laughs> like... Holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, he's amazing. Because, I mean, I, I just finished watching True Grit, and he is, he's, like, outrageously good in that. It, it's worth, it, like, if you've not watched True Grit, it's, it, go ahead. I was about to say, is he the guy in the handcuffs for most of the movie? No, 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 no. He is. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the guy in the handcuffs? Guy in the what handcuffs. What actor is that? Who, like, the little girl tries to shoot but fails. Oh, well, he's not in the handcuffs for most of the movie. He's actually only in handcuffs oh, for a very oh, that's just brief that period. tiny scene. Yeah, it's like a tiny scene. Ah. But um, no, that's uh, that's uh, Josh Brolin. Oh, that's Josh Brolin. Right, right, right. Who's right. also a fantastic actor. Yes. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the scenes I've seen. And that's just like, that's such a good scene. Yeah. Well, and actually, I was I was going to ask, um, like, is a serious man comedic in any way? Uh, it's like a really, really dark, dark, dark dark comedy i guess kind of it's not i don't i mean i didn't find it funny okay because i mean like you know what like what i'm what i'm wondering is because no country for old men is pretty much the only coen brothers film that i've watched that is not in any sense comedic like no country for old men is just like a a a kick in the nuts like from start to finish whereas nothing else that i've watched by them everything else that i've watched by them has has a pretty strong juxtaposition between um like extreme violence and and like really comedic elements uh 
I would say Blood Simple actually is not very comedic. Okay. I can't I can't think of any funny bits. I think they maybe developed that comedy aspect. Because it's, I mean, pretty much immediately after Blood Simple. Yeah, because it's there in Raising Arizona. I mean, Raising Arizona yeah. is 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 like actually <laughs> laugh out loud funny for pretty much the whole time. <laughs> okay, wait a second. They did Blood Simple, which is not very funny. Yep. And then they did Crime Wave with Sam Raimi. And then after that, all of their movies are a little funny. It's like, I wonder if Sam Raimi, like, really rubbed off on them. They also only wrote Crime Wave. They didn't direct it, so. Yeah, I wonder if they watched Sam Raimi direct and were like, oh, like, you can, like, be a little funny, huh? Yeah. Like, you can put some humor in your shots. I like that. We're going to do that from now on. I've never watched Crime I mean, Wave, by the way. I don't, like, I, I can see it as yeah, a... I mean, maybe it's not funny at all, yeah. Well, it says but it's Sam an... Raimi's... I mean, it, it says it's oh, an it's American a, comedy horror written by Sam Raimi, film. so I assume yeah. that it's going to be, but... Yeah, that's... I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my headcanon now for the Coen brothers, is they're just channeling a little Sam Raimi now forever. It makes sense to me. And also, actually, speaking of Raising Arizona, and also great actors, holy shit, Nicolas Cage in Raising Arizona. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's one of his good movies. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, not to... Not 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 to do the bit from uh, Community where is Nicolas Cage a good actor? <laughs> it's like yeah, but yeah, is the Nic- answer is yes. Is Nicolas Cage a good actor? I mean, I think Raising Arizona says yes. If he really wants to, my God, could be he be yeah. a good actor? <laughs> yeah, he's not always a good actor, but he is capable of being a good actor. Yeah, he. I think Nicolas Cage is definitely capable of phoning it in. Um, but when he wants to, he could turn it on, and boy, does he in that movie! Yeah. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Yeah, actually, like Raising Arizona is so good. There, there is a lot of uh, like, there's a lot of actors that like they they just do like they do a really good job with you know they do a really good job. I mean, John Goodman in in Barton Fink, John Goodman in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's fantastic in those movies. You know, like I, I mean, I think you know it's like it's a kind of a dream to work for the Coen Brothers as an actor. I imagine because mm. they're like their movies are like. So down to earth and universal. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I, one of my notes here is just like the naturalistic dialogue also is one of those things that just like really feeds in to this like feeling of everyone being a real person in their movies. And it's like, it must be like a dream to do that as an actor, I'm sure. It's interesting you say naturalistic dialogue. I'm wondering, is it is it naturalistic dialogue or is it the, or is it the like the feeling and appearance of naturalistic dialogue? Well, it's a movie. Obviously, it's the feeling and appearance. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously. Most, yeah. It's a facade. I mean, yes, I mean, yeah. unless unless the movie is literally, you know, ad-libbed, you know, so, in which... So, I mean, you know, I, I the most recent movie I watched is Blood Simple, so I'm just going to reference that here. But, like, there's a scene where a character does something in Blood Simple, uh-huh. um, and he doesn't talk or explain himself in any way because he's just the only person there doing it. Uh-huh. And it's just like, yeah, that's great, like... You know, a lesser movie might, like, have him, like, you know, like, be like, oh, well, I gotta do this now because of reason, like, to himself, mm-hmm. just to, like, really drive it home. But the Cone brothers are just confident. They're just like, no, like, he wouldn't say anything here. Like, we're just gonna do it. Okay, no, I I, like, I think I understand that. I think that... Yeah. And that's what I mean by... That's, it's more, like, almost the lack of, like, saying things sometimes plays more into it than anything. Because mm. I feel like... I don't know. The only, the only reason why I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of like a little bit in the air on on that particular point is because like when I think of those movies, like I, I it feels very like like beat for beat, you know. That like, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that. I guess I'm trying to think about. I mean, like in Fargo, when like you know, she, like the opening scene with the coffee. Yeah. Right. No, you're, you're, like you're you know what? Here's the problem. It's because I just watched True Grit, and True Grit 
has a very different style of speaking than most of their other stuff. Mm, that's I think okay. that's that, that's where I'm getting confused because True Grit it's very much like because it's it's you know it's it's a western and yeah they, so they're speaking like stage like on they're on the stage yeah I imagine yep yeah, yep yeah. and that's what I'm that's where I'm yeah. getting screwed up is yeah. okay that's just because it's a western and that's just they're imitating the style yep yep no because yeah because yeah you're right like it yeah like Fargo with yeah the coffee scene right I love that scene by the way it's just like yeah it's it it sets everything up just perfectly don't know if I totally oh, agree with your police work here. there Lou <laughs> yeah oh I don't know about that Lou. <laughs> It's like what I, 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 as you know, because I quoted it and you had no idea what I was talking about. I quote that shit all the time. I think it's like one of my favorite things to say. It's like anytime I'm like, I don't totally agree with what you just said. There's like, I don't know if I totally agree with your police work there, Lou. Uh. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. I, I also like just as a. I mean, do we have anything else to say on this? No, keep going. Oh, well, I was just gonna. I was kind of. I think I'm gonna move a little bit here when I say this. Well, okay. Let like, me make one one small point then yes, before you move exactly. on. Exactly. I also love in Fargo that uh, Marge is pregnant, and it basically has almost nothing to do with the movie start to finish. It's just a thing that is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just. Yeah. It, well, that's exactly. I mean, that's 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 their movies. Yeah, and that that is that is one point where I really feel what you're talking about of just like life yeah. is just happening. You know, it's just like yeah. this thing so, is just sometimes you're pregnant. Yeah, sometimes you're pregnant, and like it, it like it has some small bearing, but like it's not like it's not a major plot point. You know, it's not yeah. like oh, I couldn't catch the guy because like I was too yeah. tired. You know, it's just like no, she fucking you know like. At the end, everything it has it has exactly the bearing that it would have on her. Exactly, exactly. Which is I love that about that movie. Okay, so sorry. Yeah. Now, now you may digress. Well, yeah. So, so I well, this is I I feel like you know because I've watched Blood Simple now, and I, I think I've seen movies from pretty much every era. Just like they have, uh, like you know, they they uh, they write, they direct, they they do the cinematography. They're like I think they're directors of photography most of the time, probably too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, I should I should confirm that before I say that because <laughs> director of photography is pretty. Like, oh no, Barry Sonnenfeld. Okay, I'm wrong. Nope. Do they use Barry Sonnenfeld a lot? Who is their? Oh, okay. So sorry, the Cohen brothers and Barry Sonnenfeld. I guess I'm going to include him now uh, in this. Okay. Um, I really feel like they've evolved. Like, because watching Blood Simple, um, it's you know I watch a lot of B horror movies, mm-hmm. and Blood Simple kind of looks like a B horror movie. Okay. Like, the way it's shot, like, there's a lot of, like, grainy close-ups at, like, Dutch angles. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's not very, like, there's a few there's a few creative shots, obviously, because it's the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. But it's it's pretty subdued. Um, and it's also pretty dark, like, without much comedy, right? Okay. And I feel like they've kind of, like, they've gotten more flamboyant and, like, more lighthearted as they've gone on in a big way. Mm. Like, really, the only, like really dark things they've done are no country for old men right mm-hmm. like after after a certain point which is a book yep and a serious man which is like still kind of a black comedy okay um and i think that's like you know it's it's an interesting contrast to someone like wes anderson who i feel like has just made the same movie 20 times over yeah yeah i mean um, I'm, I'm despite, sure. i mean he's obviously wes anderson's great i don't want to like shit on him it's like you know as a counterpoint i feel like wes anderson over time has like distilled himself down into like Wes Anderson like 
the thing yes. instead of like yes. a f- like I feel like every movie that he makes just like narrows down even more his style. But yes, you know, so like yeah, he's like he's like what I try to do with categorization when I'm trying to figure out genres. <laughs> it's like okay, what what is a Wes Anderson movie? I really need to like figure out what that. Yeah, is. he's also trying to figure it out, and he's doing it in his yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it, and he's discovered he's an animator apparently. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, like I, I, like what was the last thing that I watched? I mean, because like the last is the last thing that he did, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. No, no, he did uh, the dog movie, the animated dog movie. Oh, okay, uh, I didn't watch that. And he might have even done another one after that. I haven't watched either of them, so I don't. Yeah, know. I think I feel like after I feel like after Grand Budapest Hotel, I feel like I got it. I was like, yeah. okay, that's that's what he's doing. Yeah. That's the thing. Grand that Budapest Hotel was amazing. Yeah, it w- but yeah, I agree. Oh, Isle of Dogs, and then the French Dispatch. Oh, that doesn't come out yet, though. Oh, okay. I, I'm just looking at Wikipedia. With I might, I might watch French Dispatch. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, because we'll well, the fa- oh, I mean, because yeah, because he did the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was also really <sighs> nice. Which is like his best movie, ultimately. I actually, I do really like. It. <laughs> I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. <laughs> I think he realized that animation gave him full control, mm-hmm. and like that was that was too much. Like he's been tainted. Now. <laughs> he's got to do that now forever. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I gotta animate Isle of Dogs. Oh, and it's 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 Japanese. Also, I like how I'm just like I'm sorry. I'm just I, I don't mean to digress here completely. I'm just looking at the uh, um, like the the poster for it, and I like how the word "isle" is is written in inside of the kanji for "dog," and that the the word "dog" is written inside of the kanji for I would I assume to be "island" since I don't recognize that particular one. But uh. <laughs> oh wow, I've never even I haven't even looked really that hard at the poster. <laughs> is that that's cool? Yeah. I mean, he's so visual. That doesn't that makes sense to me. Yep, there we go. It's just like it's just weird. It's just like it's like you you'd think that like they would you know. I mean, I guess you can't really switch them, you know, because then the order would be wrong. But it's because yeah, it's, yeah, it's dog. I guess it's Dog Island instead of or Dog Isle instead of Isle of Dog. Anyway, sorry, just a small point because the kanji for the yeah. kanji for dogs is just really easily recognizable because it's a pretty simple one. So it's one of those ones I'm just like, oh, okay, I know that when I see it, yeah. and I'm just like, why is Isle written there? That that that's backwards but anyway okay never mind (laughs) small digression i spend too much time thinking about and doing japan things (laughs) i mean you essentially agree that they're they've got they've gotten better and like they've taken risks as they've gone on i mean that's all i'm saying let me think about let me think about their okay (sighs) the only i mean this all i will say this the only thing i think that they like consistently do is they do like their like dramatic endings they're like surprised like kind of a twist almost so yeah, it's interesting because like the last because so the last one you watched was a well okay except for the bits of Hail Caesar and Buster Shrugs yeah yeah the last which one I've you seen, watched which is, I saw a long time ago the last one you watched is a serious man the last one I watched is True Grit True Grit came out 2010 no no the last one I watched is Blood Simple no 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 last one chronologically not the last one from your perspective oh 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 no 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 I mean I've seen uh oh no I guess the serious man is after all that wow yeah okay yeah yeah. So like yeah, because I, I, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, True Grit is very much in the vein to me of like Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Like in that it's it's very like like for despite the fact that like some some serious shit happens in it, like it's pretty light, you know, and it's funny. Oh really? Oh True Grit, yeah. Tr- True Grit. Yeah, no, yeah. I see. I I didn't realize that True Grit is actually really funny. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a really serious. So like, did okay. I. So did I. Yeah. Which is why I kind of like avoided it for so long because I, I thought it was going to yeah, be same. like I thought it was going to be kind of like a like a no country for old men situation. True Grit is funny as hell. <laughs> oh, okay. And like Jeff huh. Bridges is hilarious in it. Matt Damon's hilarious in it. Like it's it's good. It's good. It's funny. It's also serious at times, but like it's. There is there is just like there's just like a lot of really good moments and it's got a lot of and it's got of those a lot of those same like um elements of like you know somebody who's really uh like I said really folksy but and this is I'm referring of course to Maddie like the little girl like really folksy but also like very competent so like yes. you know like I said, constantly underestimated and like absolutely just like makes herself like she's like very ex- incredibly headstrong and is just like, like, no, this is the way it's going to happen. And then, you know, things kind of tend to work out for her, which is like it and it, it, it creates so much like just natural comedy in the show, like in the in the show. I've been watching too many TV shows in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it's like no. <laughs> True Grit is, is yeah. So if you were if you were thinking, oh wow, I don't know if I want to watch. Yeah, True I didn't want to have to slog through some sort of dramatic, violent. Thing, no, not. But if you're if it's funny, yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. Not not only is it not a slog, it was like the easiest one of the easiest two hour watches I've ever. It just like it blew by. I was like, oh, it's done. <laughs> like we were we were half an hour into it. I thought we were like I thought we were like <laughs> ten minutes into it. Like <laughs> it's good. It's real good. But, um, yeah, so it's uh, when I think so when I think about like that kind of evolving style, like it's I, I feel like true grit is in that sense a bit of a distillation because it is it is really nailing well, maybe not even a distillation. Yeah, no, so uh, let me say this. I, I, let me let me clarify what I'm go ahead. What I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I, I think I was a little general. I, I mean, they're like technical style. Mm. Obviously, they're they're thematic stuff. Has been pretty consistent across all their, okay. all their works. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, tr- but like they're literal, like their camera work and like. Yes. Okay. Because yeah, True Grit is an exceptionally shot movie. Like it's yeah. it's it, it from like it is a really it's it looks good. You know it. Uh, it's like the, the 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 like the like the camera the way the camera is set up in it like just like the shots in general like I really I mean like it's not. It's not like artsy, like in the sense of like I, I I'm not thinking of any particular shots where I'm like, oh wow, like it's not like one of those, um, you know, <laughs> like a Wes Anderson movie where you're like, oh, you know, like the first time you see one, you're like, wow, that's a really interesting framing of that shot, you know. But it's just like yeah. the camera never gets in the way. Like I never, I never notice that it's a movie. Um, and like I feel like everything is just really well, like it is really well put together, you know, and like the. Kind of like the the color choices and stuff like that are all very nice, which is, you know, that could I, I feel like that actually is one of the things that uh, they do in kind of a. I'm thinking the way that I'm thinking about this is I'm actually thinking about Burn After Reading. I think when I'm thinking about this, but I recall the color choices. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I yeah, I, I think especially I, color choice especially is one thing that I think they've gotten way better at. Yeah. Because Blood Simple is just like bleh, to 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 lit, to watch for the most part when it comes to like the palette. Yeah, I mean, there's a few exceptions. Like the the main villain's color palette is great, mm-hmm. but um, like when I think of Fargo, right? Like the the striking snow versus like the green cars and like oh, you know, they really they really get that sense of like contrast going at a certain point. As somebody who lived in Minnesota for like a non-zero amount of time, um, they really nail the feeling of just 
icy frigidness that is Minnesota in the yes. winter. Like, <laughs> like you feel it like with like like the kind of like muted blues that like are kind of prevalent throughout that movie. Like they really nail that because like I've been in Minnesota in the winter and, and man, it feels like Minnesota in the winter. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think kind of like with their dialogue, right? It's like they figured out how to make you feel like you're experiencing something despite the fact that they're obviously not recreating that thing. Is, is the word, you know, is that, is that versimilitude? Is that the right word? Versimilitude? Maybe that sounds right. Am I even pronouncing that right? Versimilitude? I think that's close. The appearance of being true or real. <laughs> yes. They, they have a very strong sense of versimilitude. There you go. <laughs> I really hope I'm, pro- any, any of you people that know how to pronounce things, please help us. <laughs> Words, difficult, send help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. But um, so yeah, let's talk about No Country for Old Men though, because I, I I feel like yes. for me that one is such an outlier compared to all their other movies, and I don't I don't know if you would you you would agree with that as well. In in what way is it an outlier? <sighs> like to me, No Country for Old Men almost doesn't seem like it was made by them. Like if if you if if I didn't know who made No Country for Old Men. I would probably guess that it was made by um, trying to pinpoint who I would think would would have made that movie. Like if it wasn't them, because um, there's a director that I'm thinking of, and I'm not coming up with Steven Spielberg. You know what? Actually, that's not a bad that's not a bad guess. I I actually I could I think it's a little dark for Spielberg, but. That's not a bad guess, but I, I think I'm thinking of somebody else, and I can't pinpoint who it is. But like when I'm watching that movie, I definitely don't get like a I don't get like a Coen Brothers vibe from it. Which is, I mean, you know, like growth is great, and being able to like do movies that are kind of outside of your norm, like is, is, is a is, is is only a plus. It's just like it it does not seem like one of their movies. Are you thinking like does it look like a Frank Darabont film? No, you know what? Here's what I'm thinking of. You know, you know what it feels like. Oh, actually, you know what? You know, Frank Darabont. That's not a bad. That's not a bad guess. I was actually. I think what I'm thinking of is. I think I might be thinking of Scorsese. Okay. You know why I think you think that? Why? Is because Roger Deakins was the cinematographer for a bunch of movies, including some, including like Brother Where Art Thou, uh, like some of the Bond movies. Roger Deakins. Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Oh, he was cinematographer on Fargo, though. Oh, that's interesting. Because that has to have some in- impact on, like, the feel of the look of the movie. Yeah, Frank Darabont, like, though. beyond just... Another good one, though, because Frank Darabont, yeah, I mean, Shawshank Redemption, you know, is it? I, I do get that, like, kind of feel. But, yeah, when I say Scorsese, because when I think of Scorsese, I think, like, just really, like, I think, like... A just like the, like the the way that the shots are done in No Country for All, like as as much as I can remember, like I I feel yeah. like there's some it's like there's a lot of like just gravity to like the scenes in the way that they're shot, and it feels very like just I don't know. I feel like Scorsese does a lot of really like serious. Maybe depressing I can put movies. it into words here. Does it does it kind of feel you know in the sense that we were saying that the the Coen brothers do the versimilitude, yeah, versimilitude, oh versimilitude. Say it now. <laughs> Versimilitude, thank you. Um, like, No Country for Old Men, Shawshank Redemption, they look real, but they don't look like, they don't feel real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I Yeah. I'm trying to the say. The only thing with Frank Darabont, because when I think Frank Darabont. Like, they are more real. Yeah. But because of that, they look less real. You know, yeah. But, like, Darabont did The Mist, right? Am I, am I making that up? Uh, let me, let me bring back up his wiki page that I was looking at. 
The mist. He did do the mist. He did do the right, mist. Yeah. So And that does look a lot like like there's something about the mist where it is it's like it very much and I think Shawshank is similar um in that Yeah, but Ron Schmidt was the cinematographer for The Mist, so that doesn't mm. there's no connection there anymore. Okay, fair. Enough. So maybe I, I okay, let's maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe the cinematographer doesn't have as much to do with it. Yeah. Well, cuz cuz I I may be a dead end. I, I do think that The Mist and um and Shawshank Redemption have a similar type of look of like they feel like they 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 have like a even though they like are very much like a location and like there's very much like a you know I mean especially um, Shawshank which does have like some really nice outdoor shots whereas I mean like obviously the mist yes. is all shot in a grocery store but like I feel like when um, I feel like when Darabont does like indoor stuff it it has very much a feeling of like almost like like it feels very staged in a good way but like it does. To me, I don't know what it is about it. Like, like he 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 makes he makes what what looks like a very real place feel like like a a set location to me in the way that I think he frames things in a way that I don't think I I, I in, at least in my mind I don't feel like Scorsese does. Like I feel like when Scorsese like puts together a scene and I mean I'm not a I'm not I, a, I think I think actually what you just said really really uh, hit on it for me um, when you said it's like. It feels like a scene. Mm-hmm. It, it like it. No controlled men almost feels disconnected. Yeah, like it. It feels like you're moving from like disconnected location to disconnected location. You know what? I, um, I think I might be starting to agree with you now that I'm thinking because like I think about like that. Um, oh, because so many other movies have such a great sense of space and like wi- like location. Yeah, uh, and like no controlled men just kind of feels like oh uh, you're going everywhere. Almost like constantly. almost like they're trying to hide like the 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 outside bits of the frame like 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 yes. if they were to pan at all you would you would you would see the you would you, you would see the soundstage and it would ruin everything i think i actually am starting to agree with you about frank darabont because you're right like I, when i think about that first like convenience store scene in no country for old men it is that it's that very like it's that like very close feeling of like yeah you're in the you're in the interior space yes yes and it feels like they don't want you to see what's what's outside of it because it is just this confined like area which I mean definitely helps with the tension of that scene but like so yeah it, it, that is what is interesting to me is is yeah. going back to the point that I made before it's it feels more like a Frank Darabont film than it does a Coen Brothers film from start to yeah. finish I don't I don't get the vibe of Coen brothers nearly as much as i do in their other films and i don't think that it's just due to the fact that it's a book because oh i was because i was about to say that <laughs> because 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 true grit's a book too you know and true grit like 100 percent is like because I, I i've never seen like the um i've never seen the the old one like the, but true grit's a western yeah though. i mean you're that's cheating well i mean i don't know if it is necessarily because the landscape no the landscape is a character in a western but even the like. tone you know like, cause like, okay, sure, yeah, sure. Because like the tone of True Grit is so is so light, and I don't know what the original novel is like, and I also don't. I've never seen the original like, uh, like I think it's a John Wayne film. Like I've never seen the original John Wayne True Grit, so I don't know like what the tone of that one was. But like True Grit, it's either either they injected that tone or they just picked a book that already had the tone that they're kind of comfortable with. But, um, you know, No Country for Old Men, like, I don't know how you could make, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I could see how you could make it light, but uh, it would, it would be a very different movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think, I, again, I, I mean, I know 
you're saying it's not. But I think the source material just has a lot to do with it here. But the thing... I feel like... I don't disagree, but uh, they pick the source material on purpose, you know? Like... Sure. Because isn't isn't Burn After Reading also a book? Am I crazy? So No Country for Old Men was their first novel adaptation, right? Is that true? Uh, Yes. I mean, I'm reading the Wikipedia page, so it says it in quotes. It says the brother's first adaptation in quotes. I don't know what that means. Okay. Yeah. So Burn After Reading wasn't. That was, I I don't, for some reason I thought that was a book. I don't know why I thought that. Um, Oh, oh, because Miller's Crossing is technically two books. I see. (laughs) But they didn't adapt it. Like they did a screenplay from the book for No Country. And I think that's like, because, you know, a book, if it's not a Western where the landscape is so, so important, you know, a book is not going to go to a lot of effort to describe the outside locations of its scenes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think just, like, when they wrote it, there just, like, wasn't room, almost, for, like, their big sweeping landscape shots that they like. Because mm-hmm. everything else they, they wrote themselves, and so obviously they get to just interject that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. So maybe there is something to that of, like, like they were they were trying to just faithfully adapt a book versus, yeah, you know. And it's also Cormac McCarthy, who I'm, I'm pretty sure is, like, fa- a famous author of some renown. So to screw it up would be, like, very offensive Mm -hmm. you know i'm just looking through here i want to see if i mean is true grit like yeah the wikipedia page is not going to help you on that front it it says nothing about its comedy value yeah that's unfortunate looking Uh, oh well um (laughs) oh well you're getting to peek behind the curtain here on the podcast it's just us looking at wikipedia articles frantically oh they'll never hear this i'm gonna cut all this out oh good great (laughs) i get to look smart yeah, well, I mean, that, that is really my entire goal, is making us look much smarter than we are, so I cut out all the Wikipedia. <laughs> um, it, it, people are like, wow, how do they know all this stuff just off the cuff? It's like, oh, because we don't. That's how. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah, the, we don't at that's all. the magic, you know? And then I leave yeah. this part in, so the people are like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> but yeah. Okay, no, 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 it is, it is. Because the other, the other novel he wrote is also funny. So statistically, I, I would say... Uh, He's probably writing writing funny novels. Oh, the the writer of True Grit. True Grit, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, the writer of True Grit, Charles Portis. His other novel, Norwood, is a comedy. Yeah, because I mean, like and, honestly, like from start to finish, it feels very difficult. Oh, Portis has been described as one of the most inventively comic writers of Western fiction. Yeah. But there you go. Okay, so that makes sense. So there we go. Yeah. So it's the fact that Bur- No Country for Old Men is just a horribly depressing book. Yeah. So they just faithfully adapted it, I guess, is the point. And with True Grit, they also yep. just faithfully adapted it. It just happened that they picked a book that was much closer to their style than, yeah. than No Country for Old Men. Which, again, you know, far be it for me to tell them what their style is. They can adapt whatever the hell they want. But I... No, no, no. They have a style. Yes. They cannot deny that fact. Yes. But I... I, I it is... I think that True uh, True Grit, that No Country for Old Men really does feel like an outlier. That's I guess that's the the point that I'm coming to is it just does. So No Country for Old Men um, is actually very similar to Blood Simple is the thing. Really? Okay. So then it's like yeah, that's that's the link that you're missing. Okay. So it's not that it's not that it's an outlier. It's a return to form. Exactly. It's they're it's they're they're remaking their first movie again, and that's probably why they chose No Country for Old Men because they read it and they were like, oh wow, this is like exactly what we were trying to say 20 years ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Because it's like, you know, I mean, there, there's even like the same beats, almost. Mm. I mean, I guess Blood Simple is a little more hopeful than No Country for Old Men. Uh, it's just a which really, downer start to finish. Yeah, which really puts into perspective how much of a downer No Country for Old Men is. 
Because Blood Simple is a downer. Yeah. 99%. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, but No Country for Old Men, just like start to finish, it's just like nothing yeah. is going to go right for you. Like the second you- 100%. The second downer. you find that money and take it, nothing is going to go right for you. Yeah. Which is, which is to be fair, the, the one like kind of shade- of of them that I see in that is it's like the it's like the realistic version of of like the you know the the Jerry Lundegaard type of character um of like you know just things are just getting yes. worse and worse and worse like but like not in like a funny way just like in a they're just like this is don't steal from criminals who really want their money because they'll just kill you yeah. you know yeah, they'll just they'll get it <laughs> and that is that is I mean that is not uncommon though in their um well maybe not totally maybe maybe not totally common but like of like people getting involved with criminals like like people that are not criminals getting involved with criminals and really not like appreciating what they're getting into is yes is definitely something that they do like that's not yeah an uncommon theme and and that's blood simple Mm -hmm. in a nutshell I mean, you just you 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 summed it up in a sense. Oh, interesting. I think I have to watch this movie then because I think I'd probably really like it. Blood Simple is great. Okay, like, I'm gonna put that on it's, the list. It's it's very. Uh, I mean, I'll say it again. It looks like a B horror movie in some <laughs> ways, like, but it's great. Definitely gonna watch that. So, any? Uh, I think that's. I, I mean, I think those are all the elements I wanted to cover. Did you have any other notes or anything you wanted to talk about with the the Coen Brothers? Uh, yeah. What's your favorite Coen Brothers movie? Oh yeah, of course. How could I? Yeah, I mean, we've gotten the technical discussion out of the way. Now we can like actually talk about them. Damn, how did I miss that? I I, I meant to even ask that. Okay. Um. Okay. I think I, I have I have I have two. I have two, and I'm I'm cheating a little bit. So I think that's fine. I'm gonna cheat too. No <laughs> okay. doubt. I think that overall Fargo is my favorite out of all of them, but. I think the ending for No Country for... Oh, not No Country Sorry, Burn After Reading. I don't know why I said No Country for... The ending for Burn After Reading is probably one of my favorite endings to any movie ever. Because, like, Burn After Reading, I actually, like, I found, like, through most of the movie, I was like, what the hell is even happening here? <laughs> and then we yeah. got to the end of the movie, and the FBI agents yeah. are like, what the hell is even happening here? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know! Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. the movie! I was like... So, because, like, like, for most of Burn After Reading, like, I really, like, I don't even think I was enjoying it. I was just, like, this is, like, I was, like, is is this dumb? It's, like, I'm, like, is this a dumb movie? At the end of the movie, they were, like, it's a dumb movie. And I'm, like, it's a dumb movie. (laughs) But I think think that Fargo, for me, has, like, some of the most, like, quotable elements and some of the best lines. I mean, Big Lebowski, too, is really great. You know, like, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski is a fun movie, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it among my favorites but Fargo I mean like just like from from start to finish it's just like it's just such an entertaining and good movie so yeah I would say Fargo favorite burn after reading honorable mention for the amazing ending (laughs) yes yeah I I would I would say Barton Fink I think is maybe my favorite Mm -hmm. because John Goodman is just so good in it um, but I also agree. Burn after reading, honorable mention. <laughs> that might be like if I was gonna rewatch a, like a a Coen Brothers film, I think that's the one I would want to rewatch again. Oh, I think me too. I think me too. I, I really because I never watched it again, and I really feel like that might be worth a second watch, knowing how it's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, it's just so it's such a fun movie. Oh, and it's so like the the whole scene with um uh what's his face George Clooney. Yes. Pr- yeah. Oh, George Clooney. Yes. George yes, Clooney yes. in the in the closet. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shooting exactly. Brad Pitt in the face. Like 
I love like that, like because like up until that point, like it's kind of like like most of the movie is just kind of like lighthearted. It's like, oh, okay, they're getting yeah. into like wacky hijinks, and then it's like all of a sudden it's just like, oh no, it's not wacky anymore. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is serious. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Oh, it's such a good movie. Yeah, and like you know, and, and again, that that gets back to that same kind of discussion about like like kind of underestimation of like you know you hear you hear George Clooney throughout the entire movie like bragging about like oh it's just muscle memory you know like like I'm you know like I'm, I'm like like a wound spring you know like at any moment like you know if I could you know I could just and kill the guy and then like when push comes to shove. You're exactly right. He's exactly yeah. right. Like, he yeah. really is just a reflex. You know, it's like somebody. He, he is who he, he is. He is who he is. You know, he was not bluffing. He was absolutely right. It's like, you know, if he needs to take somebody out at a moment's notice, he can. It happens to be somebody that <laughs> had no, yeah. like, was really. Was not a threat in any was way. Not a threat in any way. <laughs> but, but he was a tightly wound spring. He was ready to go at a moment. So, I, I yeah, I, and I love that about that. And I think George Clooney. Like for somebody who is who is not like I do not think of as a comedic actor, like they really bring a lot of comedy out of him for sure in that movie. Yeah, I, I honestly think that the Coen brothers, like as good as their serious movies are, their comedy movies are like what I really like from them. Well, yeah, because they can bring comedy out of anybody. Like they, because yeah, they, they're I think they're able to like find what is funny about a person and then yes, like put that on screen, you know, and it's and it's just fantastic, you know. Yeah, they get the joke. They get the joke. They get the joke. Whatever the joke is, they're getting And, it. like, I feel like even if the actors didn't get the joke... Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they know how to put them in a situation where the joke will land. And it's like, yeah. oh, I love it. I love... I mean, even Clooney in, um, in Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Again, he's, like, yeah. he's really funny in that, you know? And, I again, I really just don't think of him much as a comedic actor. Maybe he is. I never... I mean, I honestly don't... No, I, I, I do think of Clooney as a comedic actor. Honestly. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. I guess I mean he's 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 more of like a like a a dramedy actor. Yeah, I mean, you know, cuz I'm thinking of like I mean I, he's kind of like the straight man, I guess role cuz I mean like if I'm yes, thinking about him in That's true. Yeah, like if I'm thinking about him in um like Ocean's 11 or something like that, like he's just like the Okay, come on, guys. Like, you know, can yeah. we just get but it he together? Still, he still plays that role even in the Coen Brothers. Even in Burn After Reading, he's kind of the straight Yeah, man. yeah, which is fair. Which is fair. Yeah. Not as much as um bald man drummer abuse guy. <laughs> Uh, uh, the FBI head. Oh, oh, oh God! Spider-Man news reporter. God damn it! <laughs> yes. Uh, fuck. What's his name? Bald head drummer abuse Spider-Man newspaper reporter man. Not John Malkovich. <laughs> Not jo- 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 Jonah Jameson. That's the character. Yeah, it's J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Thank you. Yeah, K- yes, K- Cave Simmons. Johnson. Right, Cave Johnson. Cave Johnson. Yeah, all of the things. <laughs> the the man is everywhere. <laughs> He's fantastic. I feel like he can't not be funny. <laughs> whoever whoever J.K. Simmons' agent is is amazing. Yeah, he's doing a great job. No, J.K. Simmons yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, so good. I also didn't realize that J- John Malkovich and J.K. Simmons are in Bird After Reading. That's confusing. Oh, yeah, wow. John Malkovich, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Talk about another tour de force act. I don't know why I always confuse J.K. Simmons and John Malkovich. Maybe, is it literally just because they're both bald? I think that might be the only reason. That's a terrible, that's a... Oh, yeah. Ter- well, also J's. Uh, that's true. T- J and bald. Okay, I was, I was. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the deck was stacked against me from the start, so... We were, we were both trained in the same alphabetical memory system, <laughs> so... It's a flaw of our, our brains yeah. now. We're, we're screwed in that sense. Yeah. Anytime I need to think of anything and it has the same letter or something else, it's just like, uh, well, my filing system. <laughs> Steven.exe has failed. Yeah. It happens a lot. It's it's not great. <laughs> it's fair enough. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah. Oh, you should, you should definitely check out Hail Caesar, too. Hail Caesar. 
It's their 2016 yeah. movie they did about like a. It's it's great. It's just another really funny like period piece movie with George Clooney. Hey, George Clooney and Josh Brolin. Is that Josh Brolin? Yeah. yeah. Look at that. And Jonah Hill and Scarlett Johansson and Ralph Fiennes. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Oh, Tilda Swinton. Oh. Tilda Swinton's great. So, so good. Tilda Swinton is a the gem. Best. Like, everything that she's in is just fantastic. Oh, what was that? Uh, did I tell you about that one movie I watched with her in it? Um, I think so, but tell me again, because I don't remember what it was. Where she plays two people. Oh, it was Suspiria. Okay. And, like, she played... I thought she played two people, and it turns out she plays three people, <laughs> and I didn't even realize she was the third person the whole time. <laughs> and it was just like, wait, what? That's also Tilda Swinton? Oh, <laughs> my God. Blew my mind. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's all I have to say, I guess, about the Coen brothers. Yeah. I mean, they are, I, 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 I genuinely look forward to films by them. I feel like they're, they are one of those directors that like, they haven't gotten stale for me, like in a way that I hate to say this, but like, so like, and maybe I'm, maybe I just am missing out on some good movies, but like, I feel like I, I, I started to like, uh, like wear out on Quentin Tarantino. Oh God. Well, yeah, of course. Cause like, I never watched Hateful Eight, but I was like, I can imagine what this movie is. So. Oh, uh. Hateful Eight is actually kind of a departure for him. I might check that out if you're tired of him. Okay. And then... Because it's a pretty good movie. I, I, do have, I do have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood queued up, because I'm, I'm under the impression that that is also a departure for him. I would say that's less of a departure. Oh, really? So I have those completely backwards. That's interesting. Yeah, I... Maybe I'm, I mean, I might be just wrong about that, but I, I don't, I mean, I've seen both of them, and Hateful Eight feels way more uh, reserved. Okay. Like... Once a Time in Hollywood is like a full-on Tarantino movie. Really? Whereas, like, Hateful Eight is like I, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I, it, it has because I, I, I thought that uh, I thought that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was like semi like. Uh, well, I mean, I, it's based on somewhat true events, right? In the sense that, like, in the same way that like um, the Germany movie is. Oh, okay. So it's in Glorious Bad. It's 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 like it's a like. Let me change history to be satisfying, kind of movie. Okay. Oh, that's God. interesting. I shouldn't have okay, said that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, because like I, I think after after Django was so similar to like so many of the other things that he did. It was again, it was like the West. Django is his wor- like his worst movie. Really? Okay. I think so. It's 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 like it's it's fine, but like it's der- it's very derivative of like like I don't feel like he tried very hard. Do we do we want to have a Quentin Tarantino episode? Do we have enough to say about that? I don't think I do. I don't think I do either because I thought about it after yeah. you suggested Coen Brothers. I was like I was like I've watched basically every Quentin Tarantino movie minus 2 and I could easily watch them. Like would it be worth having a discussion? But like if we were if we were going to do a Quentin Tarantino movie podcast, we would have to do a podcast about the films that inspired the films that he did. Yeah, I think that that's It would not be about him. Yeah, because that that he is. He is I I I feel and you know to be fair, some of my favorite movies are Quentin Tarantino movies. He makes great movies. He makes great movies. No question. Uh, but like his, um, yeah, he's he's very much like an homage director. He is. Yeah, he's an encyclopedia of like better or like at the time at least more interesting directors mm-hmm. who he's aped. Yeah. Although. Very well. Yeah, very well. Although that being said, I, I still love um, uh, Jackie Brown. Like. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's his like, that's a real movie by him. Yeah. It's like, I, like. Forget everything else he's done. That movie is actually a, like a real masterpiece because it's like you can see his like his elements in there, but he's toned them down so much because he really was just trying yes. to make a vehicle for an actor that he likes. <laughs> yeah, it's you know um, most of Tarantino's movies are like he's a yappy like lap dog, like a you know like a tiny like chihuahua or something that's just like won't shut up, <laughs> and it's like he needs to shut up sometimes. And, like, let the movie do the work yeah. instead of, like, 
forcing it. Yes, he he is he is one of those directors that is very much like he he Wes Anderson style. Yeah, that he very much like is the movie. Like the the the, yes. the 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 movie is sold by him and not by the movie. You know. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. That like his 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 like interacting with it and making it like you feel his presence much more than you do some other directors who it's like more like oh okay I can see where this fits into their general style versus like if he does something different you're like wait what Quentin Tarantino made a movie that was like that that doesn't sound right <laughs> yeah it's um the guy who uh who like wrote the original like comics the Avengers are based off of oh, I don't remember his name now it's like Brian something mm-hmm. um he's also that way where like Every character is just you hearing the author speaking. Mm, yeah. And there's no actual character there. It's just the words that the author would say coming out of different mouths occasionally. <laughs> it sounds it's better. like, yeah, you're just having an argument with yourself here, essentially. Like, I don't need to be here. <laughs> it's like, is my presence even necessary? <laughs> yeah. There's like a there's like a 10 minute. I mean, it's not actually 10 minutes. It's like, but it's like literally five minutes, I think, of like a shot of um, Margot Robbie's feet in uh once upon a time in hollywood (laughs) and it's just like you could have just cut this and like kept it in your personal collection quentin like you didn't need to like put it on the screen to like justify it like we know you have a foot fetish like let's let's move on please yeah i mean you know the friggin uh what's it called um kill bill was 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 enough to very much establish that yeah if not uh if not the one that he did with uh with samuel hayek yeah, yeah, in um, yeah. What, what the fuck is that movie called? Uh, yeah, I don't fuck. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn. It's yeah, from Dust Which Till Dawn. Which wasn't even yeah, his movie. Another... He was just an actor in that. Yeah. I mean, he. I think he like. Yeah, and he still fucking got feet. Yeah. Just like that man is a fiend. <laughs> it's in his contract. Yeah, and I bet it is in his contract. <laughs> it's in his contract. I'm waiting for like the Me Too about Quentin Tarantino like ogling people's feet. <laughs> You know, the fact that it hasn't happened now makes makes me wonder if he's just a really respectful guy about it, you know? He's just like... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a great guy. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I shouldn't I shouldn't call a Me Too down on somebody, but I figure, you know, we only got 50 people listening to the podcast or something, so... Yeah, but if we start throwing that kind of shit out there, then it's going yeah, to be thousands right, yeah. of people. Hey, hey listen, everyone's got a, if anyone's got a scoop on any Quentin Tarantino dirt, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not uh, open to that or anything. Wow, okay, gawker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, I mean, anything else? I think are we I think I think we covered the bases. Yeah, this was we uh this was a tight tight 90. Tight 90, man. Yeah. Which I mean, when it went this this this, you know, this might be our shortest podcast in a while, which honestly, for me, that's okay. Every once in a while we can throw yeah, out a short one. Um, yeah, that's totally fine. I uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I like recording them. I don't. I don't relish editing two-hour podcasts. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but what what should we do next time? Did you actually did you want to do a music podcast next time or did you want to do something else? Or do we we don't even have to decide um, now. I mean, if 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 you want to give me a few days, let's do a music one and I can figure out what I want to give you. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I have a giant list um, of stuff. So, if we want to do another music, music yeah. podcast, I am perfectly content to do that. I mean, I also have a giant list of stuff, but I want to put in a couple personal ones alongside that cuz a lot of that's from Mason. Yeah, well, I that, that is the one thing. Are you going to are you going to shoot me stuff that you are not otherwise interested in, but you think that I would like? Yeah, of course. Okay, but like as as one of the one cuz like that's yes, I I, I trust M- Mason's ma- taste in music enough that I would be interested. I know I'd also be interested in hearing the album myself, and it's a good excuse to do. Oh, so. okay, fair so enough. It just works as long as as long as you're into into listening to it, then I think we're good. I like all music. I don't. I like some music way more than other music, but I I like all of it. 
I might also throw you a few just like individual songs because like I've said that's that's like the way I listen to a lot of music mm-hmm. and I have one or two that it's like I, I don't know about an album but you know the other the only other thing that we had on here that would be interesting to talk about is Twin Peaks but I have to rewatch a bunch of stuff as well which oh boy yeah I don't know if I'm ready for that one yet yeah I'd have to rewatch that like that video on Twin Peaks too. yeah you know what that's what I'd have to I probably would watch that I would watch that video <laughs> I'd be like what was Twin Peaks again let me, let me remind yeah. myself everything yeah, which I don't think that I, I've come around to the thinking that that is an incomplete theory, ultimately, mm. just because of, you know, people not having singular ideas about things. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, that might be an interesting one for sure at some point then. But uh, yes, we could definitely talk talk about that for a while. But yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's do music next time. So uh, you won't know the albums that are coming up, but maybe by the time I maybe by the time I edit this one. I will know the oh, albums sure. and I will, yes. I will put them in the comments. So if we're doing a music podcast next, you'll know because I'll have put the albums in the comments and hopefully I will listen to this when a month or two from now, yes. when I actually edit this and remember that I said that to myself. So <laughs> yes, make sure to put the albums in the comments. There we go. Albums in the comments. Thank you. Past Jason for helping out future Jason who did not remember this. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. I will talk to you later. Yeah. Peace.